You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and story to the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. You're listening to episode number 72. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with Adi Bulubasis and Costa Levoyanis, my co-hosts. Lambro is missing today. The, the, the word on the street is he's headed to the airport right now because we are champions. 46-time Greek champions. We've won the league. It's time to celebrate, everybody. Costa, how are you? Finally. Uh, well, we've wrapped it up. I don't know how many games before the end of the season. 46 titles. It's a ridiculous number. Four titles away from sewing the fifth star on the shirt. Congratulations to everybody. It's been a very tough season. Uh, two seasons playing nonstop. Um, Incredibly well-deserved for the boys, for sure. And uh, we're going to get into the game itself. It was a roller coaster of emotions, folks. Uh, I'm a bit emotionally drained, I have to admit. My voice is a bit sore, but, uh, but we're going to go through it. We'd love to hear what you have to say in the chat. Uh, thank you very much if you're tuning in live. Um, but before we do get started with the game, we do have a few announcements, as always, to get through. Uh, first of all, thank you to everybody uh, for the support that you've given us. In case you missed it, uh, we announced in our last episode that we have uh, released the website and blog, gate7intl.com. This was something that's been in the works for a while, and uh, we're really excited to see how well it's turned out so far. So uh, thank you, everybody, for giving us all this great positive support for the blog and the website. Uh, additionally, Olympiakos DC Academy, as we mentioned, they've started their season in the UPSL. Unfortunately, they lost their first game to Germantown City FC 2-1. It was a hard-fought game, but the season is still very young, folks, and uh, we hope to see more as the boys get to know each other. The team begins to build some chemistry. Really excited for that moving forward. And one quick thing to tack on to that. Um, guys, uh, if you missed the game, go to the link that we put out on social media. Go check out the olibiacosdc.com page. You can still catch the replay of the game. When Harry Kara George came on to the show, when we interviewed and talked about the academy, he mentioned that there were a couple of players that, were kind of on the radar and might be making their way to Greece. If you watch the game, you probably can tell which ones they are. So this is a great opportunity for you guys to get at the ground level, see what's there, and see what could make its way to the training ground of Libyakos in Piria. So check it out. Support the guys. And if you're living in the Virginia, Maryland area, or maybe even Pennsylvania if you're very far south, the, you can go to the games. They are allowing limited attendance into the stadiums. It's $5 entry, but if you're in Libyakos, if you're part of the Libyakos DC fan club, you can go for free. Lambro must have made it to the airport, people. He's, uh, he's sending us some comments. 
unfortunately couldn't be here from for this episode because he's trying to get amongst it. Uh, he heard that Lazar is going to be celebrating his championship tonight, and Lambro wanted to be there because Bruno can't be there. Um, by the way, shout out to Aris, our B team, for throwing the game today and letting us <laughs> win the league. <laughs> Thanks so much, Adi. Great, great job, guys. Uh, Bruno and everyone in that team, Mitro Glue, uh, huge stuff. It, it takes, I have to admit, the conspiracy theorists are going to be out because to concede three goals to Ike and only score one, uh, you, you got to think there's something going on there. Anyways, uh, moving on with some other news that we have to tell you. Don't forget that we have an interview. Our next episode will be out on Friday, April 16th. And we will be joined by Olympiacos player, Belgian international midfielder, Guillaume G.A. Still playing football now. He's had an incredible career. And we're going to talk to him about everything from Olympiacos and uh, everywhere else in his career. So remember to ask us questions. If you have any questions for Guillaume, he came at a very turbulent time, played for a team that did not meet the expectations. And it might be interesting to see what his take was on that team and even if you've got questions just about his career in general as well, uh, those would be more than welcome. Just just something to tack on to that. Yes, he was in the team during a very, well, let's say shit season. We changed five managers that season. Uh, we will, we, we definitely intend on getting into that and we will be asking him what the hell happened. Uh, can he give us some insights into what was going on in the dressing room? Um, I mean, really, that was the season before Pedro Martins came in. Probably the worst season that I've ever witnessed, the, the team, the club. Um, so we we do intend to go into that. Don't you worry. It's going to be a very interesting one, folks. I'm really excited for it. And if that's not exciting enough, we do have a couple more special guests on the horizon. We don't want to give too many details away just yet because they're still in the works. But keep your eyes and ears on our social media pages, Gate7INTL, as well as the podcast, for more announcements on that. Lastly, as always, I would like to say thank you to our sponsor, Piraeus International. Piraeus International has been helping Greeks ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out from Baltimore, Maryland every month. Fill any large U-Haul box, 18 by 18 by 24. Send it to our friends in Baltimore, and it will be shipped to the port of Piraeus for only $50 U.S., Better yet, fill in a large wardrobe box and send it for $100. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send an email to sales at PiraeusINTL.com. Lazar Andrzejewicz, Aris FC. Good fit, to be fair. Imagine Bruno Gama on one wing, Lazar on the other. That's a big team. That's better than, uh, it's better than what I probably have, to be fair. Um, and then Bruno at the 10. And Bruno at the 10. Or right back. Bruno can play everywhere. Or He's right back, player. wherever. He, he Overlapping Lazar. Yes. Um, anyway, let's get into what everyone's here for. The game. 3-1 Olympiacos. Hassan, a.k.a. Diudis, giving us two goals. And uh, Bruma getting a goal to wrap it up and, and ease my, my rapid heartbeat at the end of the game. Very turbulent one, folks. Uh, when we started out playing very well, El Arabi with a very nice goal early on, I'm thinking, oh, we're going to cruise and we're going to win the league. It's going to be great. But it gets called back because of offside shortly after. 
Um, Makeda wins a penalty. A bit of uh, controversy, but, you know, I'm not going to criticize the referee for that. Criticize the referee for other things later. But uh, scores the penalty, and uh, we get Hassan hitting it right at Dudis, and Dudis just, I don't even know what happened to him there, but we go into the half 1-1. And then Hassan does it again in the second half. We had another goal disallowed in the second half as well because Hassan's hand touched the ball. Uh, but we went up 2-1, and then it was just about defending against 10-man Panathinaikos. Um, so, Costa, I'll let you just... <laughs> I want to take a step back because... So, is the score's... one? We're 1-0 down, right? We go 1-0 down, and then Barr starts grabbing his back again. He's on the floor, he's, he's, he's banging his fists on the ground, and you're like, okay, here, here we go again. It's his back playing up. And first substitution, Hassan steps up. And on the WhatsApp group between the four of us, Labro, of course, is like, oh, fuck's sake, uh, why is Hassan coming on first? And I think the three of us were like, no, this is this is the right one. This is the right move. We need to get a goal. We need to fill the, fill the box with bodies. Hassan's coming on. Uh, and then lo and behold, of course, Hassan gets the equalizer. Hassan gets the second goal. Labro, is there any reason in particular maybe you're not with us today on the show? <laughs> Besides, he, he, Hugo Kuipers didn't come on instead. <laughs> Guys, Labro did text me. Uh, he does have a stop in Thessaloniki. He is picking up Bruno for the party as well. <laughs> He's coming to to the celebration. Uh, he so deserves to come. Bruno, we why. wouldn't have won the league without him. But exactly. no, I mean, Costa, the thing with that change, it, I was, as you said, like, I was like, yeah, that's probably good. You know, we're down a goal, but I was surprised he did it, to be honest. When Boss started going down, my first thought was, oh, probably Oleg to come on and Holebas to go into the center back and we keep the same formation. I was kind of surprised Martins that early in the game went with a very like reactionary attacking change. But I mean, folks, it worked out. Uh, so we have to give him that. Hassan. Many, many good chances, as always, puts away two of them. Uh, I don't, it was a classic game from Hassan. I don't know what we need to say. Can I, can, I, can I just like remind people of something? And I was looking at his statistics. So in his first season with the club, he scored 15 goals. His second season at the club, he scored eight. And this season, he scored 15 again. And the season's not over. So he's looking at a record-breaking season at the club. And may I remind people that at Christmas, when he went away for a game with Egypt, he came back with COVID. And we weren't sure at a certain moment in time whether he might ever play football again. He had major complications after coming back. And, okay, we, we shit on him a lot. For reasons justified sometimes, because he's one of those players that frustrates me, all of us, so much. He, dare I say it reminds me a little bit of Alekos Alexandris. Many years ago, we used to sing in Greek, Alexandri, Alexandri, it's like, oh, Alexandri, for fuck's sake. You know, he misses the tap-ins or like the easy goals and then he scores the spectacular, like the overhead kick Hassan scored the other day in the cup. Um, but he's always there or thereabouts. He's there in the right place at the right time. It was a bullet header that Socrates the others couldn't stop for the equalizer. And then the second one, he's just, again, he got into the right position. He got his foot there. 
no real skill in it. Just you know, he's just stuck his foot in front of the ball after a good cross, and it's two one. Just just as easy. And again, I th- still we need another striker next year. I'm going to say it again, but he is a, a, a blessing second striker to have on the bench. I don't think there's any manager as happy as Pedro Martins having a striker like El Arabi and Hassan as his number one and number two right now. Well, I wasn't surprised at all when Hassan came on. The first 20 minutes, it was one-way traffic, and we had a lot of service going into the box uh, to the point where I was actually thinking to myself, man, it probably would have been nice to have him starting uh, because this is the perfect scenario for him. You have tons of service getting in there, and that's what he needs. He's a scrappy guy. These derbies are scrappy. And the game script was favoring us in a manner that I thought he was necessary. Now, Hassan, of course, excels the most when we play him as a second striker, when he's there with El Arabi. So when when Ba came off and then Hassan came on, I, for the probably the first time this season, when I saw Hassan come on, was really happy. Because I thought, I was like, okay, the way this game's going, he's getting something. He might miss a few, which he did. But he's going to get at least one. And he ended up with two. I see uh, Spiros Kristodulu with a comment here. Are we going to, should we just get this over with, guys? I was, I was livid watching this game. The, and look, okay, I'm not talking about the, the penalty for Makeda. Like, I could see that being called a penalty. I think it was Costa in the chat who said, like, if that was El Arabi with the ball and like Velez did that, we'd be screaming for a penalty. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that was a bad call, but oh my God. The number of fouls that were committed by Panathinaikos players, especially in the first half, without a yellow card being given out. And I just want to say as well, like, I totally understand, like, you want uh, foreign referees for these games. Like, it's, I, I understand that. I really do. But you get, like, Danish people who just, like, come in like, oh, it's just a regular old football game. Like, oh, we don't need to control the game. Oh, it's just a foul. No big deal. And then it just escalates. And you've got Andruzos, this poor kid, Hatsi Ovanis, like put his, like genuinely, that is a such a dangerous play for Hatsi Ovanis to make. And like that happens because there's just no like restraint from the referees, letting them foul our players every time. Velez, Molo, all of these clowns had like six fouls. And then Mauricio kills Andruzos again right after Hatsi Ovanis did. Guys, this is ridiculous. And I know. I'm not saying it like affected the result. You know, we won the game, whatever. But like, this is the safety of the players. And it's also the enjoyability of the game. I don't want to sit here and watch Velez tackle Jan and Vila and like hit his leg and foul him like eight times. Nobody wants to see that. Give the goddamn guy a yellow card, please. That was ridiculous. That's all I've got to say about the referees. Like, obviously, you know, I'm not salty or anything because we won the game. Um, I think, like I said, the penalty is not uh, it's another topic, but I, that was ridiculous for me. I can't believe how many fouls they got. Yeah, but they weren't even trying to play the ball. Some of them It's like, are you? Yep. Do you want to go and play in a rugby match, or like, do you want to go and do some wrestling? It's like, what are you doing? It was clear they had instruction from the manager to be aggressive, and like, that's fine. Like, be aggressive and like go for the ball. Like, what? I mean, but some of the challenges they were just straight up like. I mean, El Arabi and Boguras in the first half. Uh, Boguras, oh, was yeah. cha- he was chasing El Arabi around the pitch. Fair enough, but he was like kicking him in the heel like all the time. 
And you saw there were moments on camera, you saw El Arabi turn around and look at him. He's like, what's wrong with you, man? It's like, okay, there are things that happen on the field for 90 minutes, but I think that they were going like way over the line. Uh, and we said at the end of the first half, if Boguras manages to stay on the pitch at the um, in the second half, Either one of either Boguras or El Arabi was going off, and it was Boguras that went off in the end with the second yellow. But I, I completely agree, and I don't like getting into this whole like the referee, this, that, the other. I think the referee came in and he tried to be, you know, it's a derby, I'm gonna let the game flow, etc. 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 But after after a certain moment in time, he did start pulling the yellow cards out, and, and then yep. the red came out. So okay. Yep. It was a bit. It was a bit too late. The unacceptable thing for me was when they had three times the number of fouls that at, at halftime when they threw the statistic up. Almost three times as many fouls. Yet we had three yellows, and so did they. The fact that Juan Car made it out of the first half. Forget the whole game. The fact that he made it out of the first half without a yellow, especially when he deliberately stuck his foot out and clipped Jan Vila. That was unacceptable. That's the guy the flops record. like a fish as well when he has the ball. Exactly. He flops like a fish. When, he, when the play ended, that should have been a yellow directly to Wankar. I think the ref forgot about it because at first he looked at it and he pointed at him, but then he never went back. That should have been a yellow. That's really the, that's really the biggest thing that for me. Look, the, I was upset about the VAR calls, but the offsides, when when I saw that, you know what, it, it, it was barely offside, but it was offsides. The the foul, the the penalty that they got, okay, was it soft for me? Yeah, but you know what? I've seen plenty of refs that give them, so I can't say too much about that. The 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 goal call back from Hassan, guys, it it his hand was up, it hit him, whatever. The but that's the really big thing for me. I mean, there were deliberate, deliberate attempts. To hurt players. It was deliberate. Like when you see a guy, the ball's been played and he sticks his leg out. I mean, Bugudas. Bugudas, he'd be charged with sexual assault right here in Baltimore. <laughs> the shit that he was doing to El Arabi. I mean, my God. Take the guy to dinner first before you touch him in all those places. My word. At one point, it looked like he touched his nuts. Are you kidding me? Ridiculous. But that the biggest thing for me was the yellow card issue because, I mean... The, in the rule book, it says when there is a pattern of negative behavior against a player, then th the future offenses are bookable. When Adrutos gets fouled three times in a row or El Arabi, three fouls from the same person in a period of six minutes, a yellow card has to come out. Now, Bugurast got the red card deservedly, but man, he could have been, he should have been sent off way earlier. Disgusting. Happy that we won overall, but the biggest thing for me was the the discrepancy, the vast disparity of the cards, especially <laughs> the first half. This comment, I'm sorry, I had to. Sh can I? Can I? Can I ask? Can I ask? Because like this is like when you asked me like Costa, how do you feel like you know we won the championship again? So I, I don't mean to sound like an absolute C U N T, but it's like where we are, we are kind of spoil like we're just so used to winning the championship and when we don't win the championship we're so, you know it's the end of the world um but like i guess the question's more for you peter like as an outsider like what has it been like for you supporting the club like i mean obviously we're happy but we're not like you know we're not 
you know, I could sit here and jump around and be like, "Yeah, way we won the forty-six title." I mean, so me, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the fiftieth. I'm looking at the fiftieth and how we're going to win that the next four years. How we're going to do better in Europe? Greece is, you know, the championship in Greece is always something I want to win every year. It's like everything we start every year wanting to win the championship, and every anything else like not getting that is is an absolute failure. But like, what's it like for you, like on on the outside, not being Greek? Like taking that comment into account. <laughs> so, so the thing for me, Costa, is we've known we were going to win the league since like what November, pretty much. You know what I mean? So it's it's not like if it was like the last day of the season and we didn't know if we were going to win the league and we won it, it would be like you know big like you know huge emotions. But it's like we knew this was happening. It was just a matter of when. Now I am excited that we did it against Panathinaikos because that's like just shut yeah. up all the all the clowns and trolls uh, to be fair there are some Panathinaikos fans that i respect like antoni or uh alki like you know respect you guys but we won uh it, but like for the rest of the clowns like it feels it feels good for that reason honestly just to do it against them if we did it against like ike like yeah okay like we know we beat ike every time it's like not a, as big of a deal but um to do it in the way that we did it, i think was was really nice and but you're right costa like I would have rather had like quarterfinal, or I would say like even semi, like semifinals of Europa League, and then going out. I'd prefer that. That would make me like feel better than winning the league because it's like, you know, that was like above our expectations. We didn't know if we were going to get. We we wouldn't know if we would have gotten that far. Winning the league is the expectation. If we it's don't that, win the league, it's it's yeah. Then it's, it's that, the it's that comment. It's that comment yeah. for those that are listening on the podcast. Spiros Christodoulou. Today is a normal day for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely right. I, I mean, I remember when I grew up, right? The the first the first uh, championship that I remember kind of vividly was uh, nineteen. I want to say it was like 90, 97 or ninety eight. I was about seven eight years old, and I was sort of more paying attention to what was going on. And that's kind of the first time I remember seeing the seeing us win the championship and seeing celebrations and stuff. So since then, I mean, since I've been really not not just alive, I know that in my early years, technically, Ike and Panathinaikos were winning. But since that time, Panathinaikos won the championship in the the what was it the o three o four season or o four o five season, the season leading up to the uh, the Euro the Euro Cup. I think it was o three o four, and then they won again in the two thousand. 10 2009 2010 season when they won the double so in my lifetime besides the two years before last year haven't we haven't really had a period where we were not dominant the two years that we didn't win the title in my lifetime are technically the dark ages i've witnessed in olympiacos because i've never witnessed besides that two seasons where we haven't won a title I will say one thing I am excited for, and I think Costa is hopefully excited for this as well. We've won the league. Martins, can we get some academy players in? That's that's kind of another reason I wanted to wrap this up more quickly. Can we see Celios, Zulis, um, what's the name of the defender? Christo uh, Friopoulos. Um, ba, I know Ba is injured, but like, and I was thinking like, oh, I hope Ba can be okay and get back. And then I was like, wait, no. We've got Avram and we've got young players. We don't need Ba back. We've won the league. So 
Uh, that's one thing, like a small note as well that I'm excited for personally. Hopefully Martins does give some of these kids a chance. I mean, there's literally no reason for him not to do anymore. So uh, I will be pretty upset if we don't see a lot of these kids, but that's nice as well. It's going to be tough. Quick... Oh, sorry. Sorry, uh, just a quick one. Going into the next game against Balk, I don't really see it. But like, do you know what pisses me off? Is like, I hear these transfer rumors, for example. And it's like, we all know we need a winger. Yeah, we're going to get a winger. I believe that we're going to bring in someone like Belhanda, like a big name, quality player. He's 31 years of age. Ari did a really nice deep dive on him in the last episode. If you missed that, go back and listen to the last episode. Find the chapter on YouTube and listen to it. Ari's got a 10-minute segment all about Belhanda. Um, we have quite a few people listening live at the moment, and I want to see in the chat, do you want to see youth players? in these games against Balk, against the top, the supposedly top six. Do you want to see youth players? Do you think we'll see youth players? Who do you want to see? Um, I think Martins is still going to be trying out this 3-4-3 system. Um, I think that's clear to all of us now the last few games ahead of, uh, ahead of what's to come, the European campaign. We're going to be starting from the, from the second round, maybe the first, depending on results in, in the Champions League. But, uh, but yeah, we all want to see these young players. And when I hear rumors like a Rui Tavares, who I've never heard of from Leicester's under-23s being looked at as a central midfielder, and we have a player like Vasily Surlis, who's touted as this hot talent, thinking, hang on, why are we bringing this person that I've never heard of from Leicester, supposedly, it's a rumor, that, 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 that annoys me. That really annoys me. Um, Sorry, I'm going to end there. Ari, you wanted to say something? No, that's actually a really good point. And before I touch on that, I uh, I wanted to give a shout out uh, again. Uh, we said it before, but El Arabi, 20-plus uh, goal season again. And I didn't know this back when we did the shout out then, but El Arabi is the first striker in the Greek Super League to have back-to-back 20-plus goal seasons since Gibro Cisse over 10 or almost 10 years ago. So huge shout out to him. Uh, it's not often we get back-to-back, uh, stri- back-to-back years where we have strikers that score 20 goal seasons. Uh, in fact, the Greek Super League hasn't had that since Miralas did it, and then Jabor did it the following season. That was eight years ago. So huge, huge, huge news for him. Fantastic, class, class player, the king of Qatar. Now, to Costa's point, I'm 100% on board with you. That pisses me off. Especially when you hear so much about Solis and then Liatsos. Why the hell haven't we seen him yet? So much interest abroad for him and we haven't seen him. I just don't want to see like some of these players like practicing with the first team for two years. And then we they just go off and they play for like Lamia or Basianina, Saliakas, anybody. I didn't know this about him, but he was a similar story with Olympiacos. He was training with the first team, sent on loan year after year after year. And now here we are. We're looking at bringing him back to the team after we shipped him off and he played for all these other teams. It just doesn't make sense. And this is a great comment by uh, Baraskevas Dimitropoulos. Uh, Apostolopoulos, another hot talent that was talked to. I know he's young, but come on. We can't see like one appeal. Like, a second half appearance or something for these guys. We got to be much better about this. In the least, let's get Vrusai back in the in the team, man. Like, I need to see that boy again. Did he, he have great? A, did he have a sling around his arm today, or was I? Did I completely just? I make didn't that see. Up? 
I didn't see that. Okay. I will. My one thing with Rusai is, and that's just because of my own personal experiences with knee injuries. I am perfectly okay with not messing with him for the rest of the season, that's letting fair. him go rehab before the end of next season because guys that, that those meniscus injuries can turn into ACL problems or ACL PCL LCL tears it's it's like one domino that leads to other dominoes that can then screw your whole knee up he really needs to make sure that those the muscles around that knee area your quads especially are very strong that's that's really what you do. When you tear your meniscus, you spend the rest of your time strengthening the muscles around it so that you're not relying as much on that tendon. So, I'd rather I'd I'd rather him take more time rehab, strengthen that leg up, both legs for that matter. So and then be ready for the next season, not the season that's already over. But that's just my opinion and I know I have a bad experience that really is creating that halo effect for that. Spiro says Saliakas is a great right back. He reminds me of Timikas. Mm, I'm not sure. I'll go yeah, that <laughs> I would go that, but he is good. Look, I'll say this because there's a and there's a couple of players for Pasiana that have impressed me this season. But Saliakas, he, he could definitely do a job in the league for us as an alternate. Um, the the one thing that annoys me a little bit is that here we are talking about replacements and stuff. We just we just brought Lala in. Adruzos is doing a great job for us there. I talked about some stats with Adruzos in the in a previous episode. He leads the Greek Super League on you know for right backs when it comes to uh, crosses on a per ninety minute basis. He has some of the most the highest levels of offensive production on a per ninety minute basis for volume. So he's doing a great job there. Now the only reason I would want us to bring another right back is if we're going to move him to the middle. And if that's the case, okay, I'm comfortable with that too. But I don't see why we should mess with what's working. Lala still deserves time. A lot of people are being really harsh on him. I don't really want another right back either, to be honest with you. Buhalaki's leaving. So he was just, not great today, man. Uh, is that is that what's uh... No, no, no. I mean, I just put that there to provoke a little bit because <laughs> um, I don't know if people listen to his comments at the end of the game. But okay, you know, he has a, I think he has another year contract. Um, and so it ends not this year, next year. And there's been talk about extending it, giving him more money, etc., rewarding him for his performances this year. He's become club captain. Um, I actually thought he wasn't, he wasn't that bad. He played a fantastic pass in for that goal that was disallowed. Um, he's, um, I mean, he, he's kind of, you lose him sometimes in the game, but he's always working. He's always, you know, positioning himself very well. Um, he, he always gives you that kind of 6.5, 7, steady and above. It doesn't go, it rarely goes below that kind of average performance that you expect uh, from him. Uh, but I don't know, like there are rumors about offers coming in from Germany. I wonder from his body language as well, like for anybody that saw him in the post-match, there was something there. I don't know if any of you picked up on it. Uh, I did not, but I, I, didn't um, know. I mean, yeah. I would say I would like to keep him around. Uh, obviously, I think our best midfield is Kamara and Mvila, but he's a very valuable rotation player, I would say at least. 
good good player for the club to have on the team. I mean, if we get a good figure for him, like yeah, he's gonna go. But um, I don't really see teams shelling out big money for Buhalakis. If I'm being honest with you, look, I'll say this: if we get in the neighborhood of like seven million or eight million for him, we're taking the money and running. Because here's the concern: look look at the context that had to be created for Buhalakis to be successful. How many times did we send Bukalakis on loan? How many times have we been frustrated with him as a player uh, until Martins really came along? And I guess uh, technically before that, it was uh, Silva, Marco Silva, that also had Bukalakis looking pretty decent. So he under this system, Martins has found the niche for him that he excels in. This kind of like hybrid six that also will play things downfield. So he's been pretty solid for us. Uh, now we know we know that he's a confidence guy. The second the second a couple poor things happen and he loses that confidence, then it's uh, it starts to get a little iffy. And I will say that he probably needed to be subbed before he actually did get subbed. But I thought he had a decent uh, like Yorgos Ganas here just said he had a good first half for me. He was he he was he really started to tumble off in that second half. Maybe he was tired. Who knows what was going on? But I just find it hard to believe that if we sell him, he'll excel in another system because it took so long to find that role that he fits so well. And so if a team's going to buy him and they haven't really seen that he plays a very specific role for us, I don't think he's going to be able to emulate that success if he goes elsewhere. But dude, if we get seven, eight million for him, he's gone. Guaranteed. Also, I mean, if we get seven, eight million for him, I don't really care if he excels in another system somewhere else in Germany either. It has to be said. I mean, best of luck to the guy, but at the end of the day, uh, the money is the money, but I mean, we'll see what happens. I think if he goes, I think we would still need another, I would still maybe want another central midfielder on top of Belhanda though, is the thing. Tiago Silva, not going to cut it for me. Um, and and I don't know who that would be. You but. start to lose quite a lot of power in the midfield if you lose Kamara and and Bukalagi. Yeah, if Kamara goes as well, then we're kind of in trouble. To be honest with you, we would have to make some big transfers. And Bukalagi is a he's a big guy. I mean, he's yeah. He, I don't know. He came six, up as a center back. What? Sorry. He came up as a center back. He is a young player. He was a center back, wasn't he? No, he was a ten. Oh, really? Yeah, 10. I thought he was further up. Uh, he started as a 10 at Ergotelis. He was playing as a number 10 and he worked his way back like to the sixes and eights, if you will, if you like. But if you, we lose Madi and we lose Camara and we bring in Belhanda, Belhanda's got a lot of flair. He's good with the ball at his feet. Uh, yeah. He's quite, quite feisty, but you, you lose a lot of power. Uh, so there's been talk of Kasami actually again, but that's, I think, something that comes and uh, comes and goes every summer. Every, with, uh, yeah. With Kasami. <laughs> That's every year. Yeah. The the important thing is, God forbid, I mean, well, I say God forbid, but it's probably going to happen sooner than later. You see what Mahdi gives us. As soon as he came on, the change between Bukhalakis and Mahdi, Mahdi just has <laughs> such a large portfolio of assets when going forward. He's pretty decent on the bar. He's got vision and his technique is just every year you see the improvement that Mahdi makes in terms of execution. Uh, it's it's incredible that we have gotten a player like Marika Mara, a diamond in the rough when we when we found him. So the important thing for us is if we're going to emulate the success next season, 
we really need to make sure that we have a guy that is as creative as him. That's just that way our midfield can function because, and I'm not, and this isn't to discredit Jan and Vila or Bukalakis because both of them do a great job for us, but neither one of them do what Marika Mara does. Changing the subject a little bit, guys, uh, another player we've talked about a lot this year, Masuras was, uh, was quite good today. I thought top great performance. He was solid solid today. You got a great run of form couple weeks now. These looked you, great. You gotta wonder if that that miss at the end of the Panathinaikos game last time was in the back of his head today. He's Maybe. putting in great crosses all game long. Obviously, as he always works really hard. He was working really hard today. Yeah, I, I figured as he's worth a shout out. He had a great game. I think so, really. Too, man. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead, Ari. No, yeah, pre- pressing the ball especially. I mean, he created so much chaos. And then I also appreciate I know I've joked around that he doesn't really have a big skill set. He can't take players on. But when he went for that nutmeg cutting in on, uh, was that Senkare? And he went through. I was like, oh, I don't know if it actually went through his legs. But it worked. So, you know what? I, t- I, does, I sort of take it back. He does have this move on the left-hand side where he's on his right foot and he shows the player inside and he likes to go on the outside and cross it with his left uh, that is a move that he has in his repertoire. And he's quite good at that, actually, like crossing with his left foot. Like, fair enough. It's like he's he's worked on it. And, and yeah, man, he did have a very good performance today. And he's also another one of those, like, Hassan, Bukhalagis, Masuras. They're all that kind of category, you know? They're the ones that we dick all over in the, in the European games when we're like, oh, you're not good enough to play for the club. And then they're the ones that in these kinds of games, like in the Greek League, they... They put in solid performances and they help you get the wins that you need to win the league and ultimately play in Europe at the end, you know, in in the next season. So you do need those kind of players. Moving on. I want to talk about it now because I see it in the comments. Jose Sa again. Incredible. Big save. The fact not just to get there, but he just caught the ball. That is that is high difficulty. Like Especially you look at the ball flying right through Diudis' hands on the other side of the pitch like three times. Like saw to, to just catch that and secure it. That was incredible stuff from him. Like once again, I'm nervous and I have no reason to be because we have Jose Sa in our net. It has to be said, as always, like he is such a big player for our team. Yeah, the well, I, I want to give some uh, a little shout to Carlitos, by the way. When he came on. He was, he was impact, impact sub for them. Uh, Roman, this is a hot take right here. Masuras is the better <laughs> version of Seba. You know what? I think I think Labro might, might give that one to you. It's a shame uh, he's going to pick up Bruno and he's not here with us today to see that. But yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. Uh, Masuras is fantastic. He really is an asset with potential for a club and country. Uh, Paraskevas Dimitropoulos again. Uh, you know, I would like to see more of Masuras involved with the national team. I didn't in the beginning, but the stuff that he's doing, he could do for the national team. Again, the issue is going to be whether we can replicate a system that you get the best out of him. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with this as well. Alexandros, his mentality is great. His work ethic. I mean, those are things that we really never complain about, oddly enough. That's not something that you ever ever see anybody say oh Masuras is a bad egg with this he doesn't run he, no he always does that 
his issue has really always been mainly that end product. Yeah, he's always, you can never fault him for putting in the work. If you just wish that the end product was consistently there. I mean, guys, genuinely, if that, if he, like, if his technical ability with the crosses and the shots, if that stays where it is when he's good, like, he's, you know, we could sell him on for some money if we wanted to, or we could keep him and he would be a legend in our club if he stayed for a long time. We just need that. I mean, yeah, the assist in Arsenal, that was a beautiful ball with, I believe, with his left foot as well. Like, yeah. that was a very, very nice pass. I watched that back, and I always think, like, wait, that wasn't Falbuena. That was Masuras. But, um, <laughs> incred- I mean, yeah, when, when he's playing well, he's a top, top player. And with the national team, I'll say, like, he's not going to try to nutmeg Sergio Ramos and get by him like like some other players are. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, Hasiovanis. I will say, as we're talking about national team wingers, uh, he looked good in some cases, but man, it's just nice to know that as soon as he passes the ball, it's just going to be a goal kick for us, or, or it's just going to be a cross that Jose Sa can easily catch because like, he was dangerous dribbling by us, and then he would cross it, and it's just, oh, nothing to worry about with Hatsiovani. So uh, he's not quality for the national team either. Uh, he has it in spurts for Panathinaikos, but... Um, that end product is really lacking for him. Fans are showing a lot of love for Jose Sar. Needs to be yeah. said. Uh, I, I dread, I dread what's going to happen at the end of the year. I think we we were talking about this offline, but I, I just find it very hard to believe, guys, that you know, George uh, Mendes is going to find an offer for him to trigger that thirteen million clause, whether it's thirteen million or whether it's ten or eleven. I think we all know that Jose Sar is only with us this season because he broke his finger before the Wolves game. Oh yeah. And because he was unavailable last season. So I'm I'm very worried about that. Um <laughs> Saab is is he a world class keeper or not? Um I think he's very, very high level. And I think if he wasn't so eccentric, he probably would be. But um but he's been easily one of the best goalkeepers that I've ever seen at the club for sure Peter can you pull up the uh, Chris Oxford comment yes this one I thought this was a good question uh, who do you guys think is the closest to Olympiacos in the league now I think Bao our second now still not great but better than Bauk so for me I'm still going to say in terms of what I've watched and what I've seen with quality Adis is the second best team in the league they are that's a tough nut it's the toughest those are the toughest games that we've played on a whole by a single team. Every game against Adis has been really tough for us. And they have shown in the league why they've basically been the second place team most of the year. So for me, it's it's us, then Adis. And then in terms of the quality, uh, you know, well, you know what what we've seen Panathinaikos do, although albeit maybe not as consistent as you'd like. I could I could see them being third. They put together, all things considered, you have to say that Bologna took a train wreck and really kind of made something out of it. So you have to you have to respect that. But for me, Adis is number two, clear this year. Yeah, I agree. Adis and then I mean to be fair, Panathinaikos, like as we've said, they've had some good results. Like it's hard to put them below Pauk if we're just ranking the teams, obviously like they might finish below Pauk on points, but it's, they just beat them three nil. Right. So, 
you know, it's hard to say, oh, I think Pauk are better. I, I do think it's very close, though, and I also think that Ike are comfortably fifth, the fifth best team in Greece right now, which is honestly kind of weird to say. I think at the beginning of the season, we would have all said Ike are a top three team in Greece pretty comfortably, but that back line is just horrendous. Uh, and I mean, yeah, with Boloni, I thought he was going to get sacked at one point, um, but generally, I think uh, patience can be rewarded in some sense. Like this guy hasn't had a transfer window or at least not a summer transfer window to, you know, get all of these Donny Poyatos coats out of the team and, and get some of some players that he actually has interest in using. Uh, you know, he brought in some interesting players. The the one young Senegalese kid who started for them today, uh, I wish I could, is it Niasse? He played all right, I would say. He was, uh, I don't think he committed a single foul or maybe just one foul, which compared to the rest of the team is very good. Um, that was a good signing. And then the uh, Ngaboto, who came on as a sub, and Sangare, who I think scored against us last time, uh, all very solid players. So I would give uh, Bologna a little bit of time. Uh, I think I think he's got the potential to put Panathinaikos up to the point where it's like us and them again as, as the top two teams in Greece. Honestly, guys, I haven't watched the other teams enough. I just don't have the time and I could care a shit. To be honest, no, I'm going to be nice. Um, I think because of COVID and, and and empty stadiums, I have to be honest, I just haven't had the desire and, and the time uh, to watch other teams play. Um, I, I, of course, follow our team with a passion, don't miss any games, national team as well. I don't know, probably from the, the games that I've seen, teams that have played against us, uh, in our in our in our matches between probably Aris, but you know what guys like I think a team like Yanina like I'm not saying like they're the second best team or anything in the league but I think Yanina is the team that have caused us the most trouble this season out of the teams that we've played against they've they've not parked the bus you know they've had a, a solid kind of tactical formation and, and style of playing that we saw in the cup game, the way that they transitioned from defense to offense and the tricks that they did, holding up the ball in the midfield, passing the ball out to the wings and attacking in numbers. Um, if, if I'm going to give a shout out to anybody, I'll probably give it to Yanana. I mean, Ayak have been in a state. They changed, uh, they, they had another manager at the start of the season, did they? Or was it Jimenez at the beginning? I really don't remember. Uh, but, I mean, Pauk, Pablo Garcia, the man that talks about us playing friendlies. That was a good friendly today, wasn't it? I'm lucky we didn't come out with injuries. And now the friendlies, the preseason friendlies begin next week, next one at Pauk. Anyway. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> we finally have a friendly and it's against Pauk. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Yanina, assuming their manager doesn't go anywhere and by go anywhere, I mean, assuming, a you know, he, a, he could probably move to a big team if he really wanted to. I, I think he's done quite a good job with the squad there. They could be next year's Asteras, I think. And, and maybe even push further in, in the race for Europe as well, you know, sort of sneak into the championship group and potentially mix things up. That might be interesting as a plot line for next year as well. Hot button question here from Angelos Potsis on Facebook. Would you guys keep Bruma for the next season? PSV wants $7 million. Uh, no. You know, we've, we've been saying this constantly, no. And then even with today, no. no. I mean, if it's, if it's $7 million, take it or leave it. Hell no. 
Yeah. I, I'm still at this point splitting hairs whether I would even spend a million on him or not, maybe a million and a half. Uh, I don't know if I'd do it. I would uh, take Mario Versailles. I would take Mario Versailles yeah, over him any day. Any day of the week. And you know think, what? That sorry, that, that thing at the yeah. end of the game where he was running and he was three on one. He had uh Kamarazzi's left and El Arabi on the right. I was just watching that action unfold and i was like oh my god oh my god he's gonna fuck it up oh my god he's gonna fuck it up and you just know yeah. that if we didn't score that carapapas would probably have grabbed him by the collar at the end of the game and kicked him all the way to the airport yeah oh, man. No, i'm not uh not i'm not spending one even one million is tough for me to consider spending on him this it's, was a better game from him to be fair and that's why it's like when he when he has a good game and you're still like eh, i don't know you know, when he has a bad game, it's like, and I think we were saying, was it, a, was it the Yadina game when we were giving him a lot of shit or was it yeah. like, I forget. We were like, yeah, no shot, no shot. He's getting any, uh, anything. Um, so yeah, I, I am not interested in continuing to have him on the team. As Costa said, Vrusai is so much better. And, uh, oh, Hatsiovanis in our team. No, uh, I think Hatsiovanis is a slightly better Lazar. And that's that's what I see here. No, Lazar's better. Rajelovic is better. So. You think so? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, either way, I don't I don't want him in the team. Um, <laughs> but while we're real quickly, while we're kind of still on the subject of Bruma, uh, uh, the random dude here is asking where the seven million came from. It's actually six. It's six million. But remember, the reason it's the buyouts that high. PSV is trying to recoup some losses. Remember, they spent $13 million on him when they brought him in as a player. So they're trying to recoup whatever lo- losses they can. Obviously, no one's paying $6 million for him. But uh, yeah, it's that's where that figure came from. His buyout is $6, six million, and that's where it's coming from. Well, uh, we've got another question here. Oh. Two of us tried to put questions up at the same time. I I, well, I, did, I saw this one about Chumich. I think that's an interesting shout as well. Um, I haven't kept up with him. I know uh, Martial has, has a role on report, and I know Adi's kept up with him yeah. as well. Adi, what do you think about this? Well, so Chumich is an interesting one for me. Uh, I, he has great technical ability. The one thing that kind of concerns me every game I watch is that I'm almost worried that let's say Lazar goes off on loan somewhere. We give Chumich uh, an opportunity with, with the first team. Some of the stuff that I see that he does in the second division of Spain that he kind of gets away with. uh, It's similar stuff that we see Lazar doing, holding onto the ball a little too much, maybe trying to do one too many things instead of playing a little bit more simply. Um, He definitely has incredible talent, Uh, but I, there's things that I see where I'm like, oh my God, literally could be Lazar 2.0, where we see him do stuff and we end up getting really irritated with him. He Look, let's hope that that's not the case. There's a lot of stuff that interests me about him. Uh, and I really think he can come good where Lazar hasn't. So I'm hoping that maybe we he gets brought into the first team or he's an option that's brought in bench option uh, next season. Also, it has to be said, like, as you say, with the degree of uncertainty with Chumich, the top scorer, I think at least on his team, or, or maybe even in the entire uh, second division of Spain, is a name you might remember, Uros Djordjevic. Uh, no relation to the legend Djordjevic, but um, a player who came into Olympiacos 
after a big season in Serbia with Partizan, very similar story, put up a lot of numbers, came into Olympiakos and was fairly underwhelming. Now he's uh, doing more than Chumic in, in the Spanish second division. So that has to be said as well. The sh- shout to Costa Papa Dimitrio Costa. We talked about this a little earlier. Um, Apostolopoulos, we heard a lot about him last season coming from Panzeraigos. Immediately the comparisons with Simikas. We hope to see him uh, in, in the coming games. And some of the other kids, we want to see Vrusai back. We want Surlis to get more playing time. This kid, Liatos, that Milan's looking at, why not? Uh, so yeah, man, for sure. Like we want to see those players, um, those young players for sure. There's another question, Markovic. Um, they're saying he's the best central defender in Serbia this season. That's all yep. I know. I don't know if anyone else. Why Scout has him ranked up there. So I mean, he's got great stats. Looks good. Now, personally, I haven't watched any film. I haven't watched any tape. I'm just speaking purely, purely on the numbers. And he's doing very well there. That's another one. If we, if there's a center back we end up selling, whether it's Cisse or somebody else, and we need to bring someone in for depth, I'd rather bring him in than purchase something else. Good shout here from Antoni as well about Christofilopoulos. Hopefully someone we can potentially there, there, see. We've got three central defender spots. To there's play another kid. There's yep. another kid that that Martins brought up from the from the youth team, a 16 year old from Astripolis. I can't remember his name. It's not Christophilopoulos. It's another one. I can't yep. remember. I know exactly name. who you're talking about, but I can't remember the name. I saw this on Instagram a few days ago, but I, the first thing I thought was another player for Martins to not play. Yeah. Um, but with <laughs> that, uh, do we have anything else? I think it's maybe time for man of the match and coaches great as we begin to wrap up. I will go ahead and get started. I'm actually going to give a surprise pick for my man of the match. I'm going to give it to Socrates. Socrates duties to, for giving us two goals. <laughs> um, <laughs> You got me. You got me. Well done. <laughs> Too um, much. In, in all seriousness, uh, I'm going to give it to Masuras. Big performance, making up for uh, shitting the bed against Panathinaikos last time. And uh, he didn't get on the score sheet, but he was very good. And, and you know, he deserves a reward for his hard work. And his reward is going to be Peter's man of the match. Um, coach's grade. Martins, I will say, I, I pretty much agreed with most of the stuff that he did today. I think the big one that we talked about at the beginning is the change early on with Ba getting injured, you know, being unafraid to change formation 30 minutes in. That's a big gamble for a team to make, man. And uh, and for someone like Martins, who we've seen him play a lot of formations, but he's a pretty rigid guy. He doesn't take risks for him to do that and, and for it to pan out very well. I mean, the, the guy who came on scored our two goals. Uh, I think that's a group, a good move from him. Very savvy to read the situation, look at the game script with how many crosses we were getting, and especially down the right side with Andruzos. And then Holebas as well was putting in a lot of uh, crosses. He, uh, I'm going to give him an A. Yeah, uh, the changes in the second half I think were also pretty good. As we said, maybe Buhalakis could have came off a bit earlier, but Amadi was a big impact when he came on. He played good football. Um so for me, that's uh, that's what I say. But what do you think, Costa? Do you know what, guys? Before I get into this, there's something we didn't say about today's game. And I know we talked about empty stadiums, but oh my God, this game 
with a full stadium, it was asking for it. It was with that sub, for example, when he brought Hassan on and he brought the second striker on, the game opened up. Like we were we were on the halfway line, we were pressing to get the equalizer, we were pressing to get the second goal. And every time they recuperated the ball and we didn't, you know, get the ball uh from from the press, the ball was going out to the wing, Hadzi Giovannis was running down the left, looking dangerous until the final ball. But it was it was it was a good game to watch and for the fans it would have been magnificent. You know, going one nil down. Uh, the, the the ref's decisions you could like I could literally feel myself in Karaiskaki like what was what would be going on the shouting at the ref at the Panathinaikos players the swearing you know really no I felt myself like in Karaiskaki like with the fans um, such, again such a shame but I did want to just say that I think it's important I, I have is, to say as well, very brief note. It was nice to see one flare go off sort of late in the first <laughs> half. That was, uh, I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen that in years. This is beautiful. <laughs> like that was uh, a, a welcome sight to see. And some Putanas Yipanathinaiki chance when the penalty was awarded as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, this would have been an amazing game to be in Karaiskaki for hopefully soon, people. Anyway, the game, on, the, the game script, the game script was great, man. Just like for, yep. it was. You, I, I could just feel myself like coming out of the stadium and I'd be buzzing. Like I'd be buzzing coming out of the stadium. We just won the league. We'd have that big fucking party. Oh man, like what, what are we talking about? And then, you know, just the walk afterwards coming out of the stadium, going to the tram. Oh, oh man, I miss it so well, much. Lazar is going to have a big fucking party anyways and Lambro's invited. So oh, uh, Okay, <laughs> I, I, I digress. I digress. Um <sighs> You know what, man? Like, I, I, I want to give a shout out to to Jan and Villa. I think he had a fantastic game in in midfield today. He didn't put a foot wrong. His range of passing was immense, as always. Short passes, long range passes, tackles, everything. You know the the whole package. He is the whole package. Been by far our best signing this season. Uh, and I, I don't want to use the butt word here, but um, Hassan is man of the match. He scored the equaliser. He scored the goal to put us 2-1 in front. So Hassan's the man of the match. And I agree with you as well, Peter. I think Masuras had an exceptional game. Uh, some people might even say, you know, Bruma deserves it because he had a goal and an assist. But yeah, okay, guys, no. Um, Hassan gets it for me. And coaches grade, Martins gets an A. Uh, again, he made he made the right changes. That's what the game script shows. Uh, bringing Hassan on like that, I think it was the right move. I I agree with you guys a hundred percent. My man of the match is also going to be Hassan. Uh, not just because he scored the goals, but there were other opportunities. You know, he had the the disallowed goal, and he didn't put his head down. He kept it up. He he kept going. And even though he had a couple of shots that he just kept aiming right at the keeper, I wish he would pick corners with some of his stuff. But you know what? He got into those positions and he got into at least more dangerous positions than El Arabi did in that scenario. So I'm giving it to him, man. You need somebody to finish the opportunities. We've seen times where we've had almost endless opportunities and couldn't score. And this time 
he put a couple away and made and made some things almost out of nothing. So can't complain. Man of the match. Shout outs to I do want to give a shout out to uh, Costas Fortunis as well. I thought he had a, a solid game, especially in the first half. When he was subbed off, I was a little bit concerned because I was like, there's so much creativity. And his set pieces, some of his set pieces were on the money today. So great job from him. Uh, Jan and Vila also, class, just class. Always class on the ball. A, a fantastic engine for this midfield. I, 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 when I watch him play now, I don't understand how we lived without him. Just seeing how what we play with him. So Adruzos, Thanasi Adruzos, you made Juan Car your bitch today. Well done. <laughs> you were amazing. You're not even a normal right back, and you made Juan Car look stupid. Took the ball from him so many times, man. Getting fouled over and over again. Yeah. You picked your head up, and you wanted some more. I love that. I love that fight. Keep it up, Thanasi. That was fantastic. So uh, digressing, going to man of the match or man of the match. Sorry, coach is great. A from our teens. Uh, I agreed with all the stuff that he did, and it worked. I'm. We're giving a lot of shout-outs today. I want to shout-out Jolebas as well. He played all right, and and a very nice assist, it has to be said, man. Bionic. Guys, guys exactly. Bionic. Bionic Jolebas. <laughs> and uh, we've got an update from Lambro as well. It appears that he's in Thessaloniki, and he's looking for Bruno. If uh, If you're in the area and you know where Bruno can be found... Maybe let Lambro know. I'm, I'm assuming he's just running the streets, avoiding the cops in Thessaloniki, avoiding that 200 euro fine, just yelling out Bruno's name. And uh, they've got to get to Athens soon, guys. So if, if, if you know where Bruno is, let us know. And uh, Lazar will be very happy and Lambro will be very happy. But uh, anyway, I think that's about all we've got. We're about at an hour here. I just want to say thank you so, so much for everybody that is tuned in live. Everyone that has watched on YouTube or on Spotify. Oh, Lambro. He found... Oh, Bruno has planted an Olympiacos flag in Tumba. That's what we're hearing from Lambro. This is huge news, guys. Um, Bruno is coming too. This is great. Um, Lambro, thank you for your effort. Uh, avoid the cops on your way to Athens. Um, but as I was saying, thank you so much for watching, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the live. We'll be back on Friday with Guillaume Gillet. Until then, if you're starving for Olympiacos content, gate7intl.com is pushing out blogs pretty much daily, if not more. So keep your eyes out for that. We have blogs in English, French, Greek. If you can't speak those languages, Google Translate is your friend and can help you out there. Um, and there's so, so much content. And I'm telling you, it's all really great stuff, really diverse content. So keep your eyes open on the website as well. I got something for you before we go. Adeya, Adeya, Protasmima, Sanasobidea. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olibiagos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. 
Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Στο μυαλό κάτι μαγικό.